Check out this streetwear brand called Clout. They have all the latest fashion from jeans, hoodies, tees, even shoes. Go check out their website. That's KCLOT.com. And use my promo code Brandon Jordan Comedy to receive your discount. Go check them out right now. What up, though? Welcome to a new episode of Don't Blame Me, Blame Detroit with your boy Brandon Jordan. Hey, man, we're going to uh, cut right into it because uh, this has been a podcast in the making, man, for a long time. And um, I'm just about to just go right and introduce this guy. This guy, man, uh, I've been known for a long time uh, since teenagers, man. Um, I've seen this guy start, start stand up. And go and I and I have seen it with my own eyes where this dude has grown to another level, uh, from where he said he wanted to be to where he's going. This guy's one of the funniest cats to come out of Detroit, and has made a name for himself in Hollywood. So welcome to the podcast, my guy Clayton Thomas. My man, that was a, that was a beautiful introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, you man. Do you do you still remember that uh that one time when we was uh across the street from my house at Barry's you know where Barry stayed his auntie stayed at the time mm-hmm. we was in the driveway and Barry asked me out the blue I don't know where he, I don't know why he asked me this but he asked he said who do you think will go further in this in this comedy game uh him or you and I told him I said I thought I always thought it was gonna be you wow. Do you remember that? Wow. You know what's funny? I, I, I see the picture in my head of all of us in that driveway directly across the street from your crib. That particular moment, I know happened, but I did not remember the wording. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Your memory is impeccable for that one. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 look, uh, just you know, just period about 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 life, just general, is that um as we get older, you know, and especially being trying to be in this entertainment business, you don't realize how much time go by that you miss out on so much, <sighs> you know, and how much you have to compromise yourself in what you're trying to do versus just trying to be with family. Mm-hmm. You know, it. you know, just trying to be with family. So a lot of these memories that I have from when we, you know, say from when, when we first started to um, to just being out of high school, I still hold on to some of them because yeah. some of the memories for some, some reason have like big, have iconic moments to me in my head that I just can't let go, you know, because it's crazy. I can remember stuff like that. But I swear to God, I couldn't tell you what I ate like five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that, man, yeah. because that's I feel the exact same way about so many different things. Like I'll get to the anatomy memories first. Like I remember people like I'm a huge fan of guest stars on TV shows. Right. So, uh-huh. you know, of course, I used to love watching Martin, Jamie Foxx show. I have run into so many of the actors on those shows that had like one line and yeah. I'm like, Hey man, I know you. And they're like, you remember me from that? I'm like, yeah, it was amazing. Right. Yeah. But you know, they, it's like the unsung heroes, but at the same time, it's like for me, especially out here, we lost so much time. Like my nephew is 24. And uh-huh. when I got to LA, he was nine. You know what <laughs> I mean? And we're out here and you're like, all right, cool. Um, I'm gonna get this super big deal and then I'm gonna bring my whole family out of here and we're gonna just have an incredible life. The problem with that, the first thing is you're making plans with other people's lives that mm-hmm. aren't your own in your head because we have these imaginations of what we want to do when we get the I made it money, right? Yeah. And then while we're out here grinding and struggling, we don't get the opportunity to go to every life event, you know? So when he was nine till about, I want to say 18, I wasn't able to see certain graduations or, mm-hmm. you know, get him ready to go to prom or homecoming. And when my niece came around, take just all of these things. And 
you don't realize because LA is such a bubble, you're stuck in time, right? Whether yeah. you be in LA or New York, it's, it's a bubble where we're frozen in time, but everybody back home, their time is still moving. So it's wild to go back in eight months to see your mama and you're like, oh man, you, you got some more gray hair. I haven't seen you in a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's just different, bro. But yeah, man, your memory is impeccable. Yeah, I just saw man. a picture of us when we on graduation day, uh, it was at my mom's crib. It was a picture of us in our cap and gowns on graduation day, right in between the football field and um, going towards the cafeteria building. Man, I would love to see that picture. I ain't got none I of will, that stuff. I will get her to. I, you ain't got none of it. None of it. Look, I, I tell you what. I tell you why I don't. So back in like 2009, 2010, I don't know if you remember. I had that was when like one of my first time when I kind of like dipped out the city for a minute, mm. and I dipped out the city off of some stuff that I thought was was something else, but it ended up being something different. Mm. So. I got hooked up with uh, with somebody that said, "Hey man, we I work for this uh, this crew where we go around to city to city, you know, and we uh, you know we sit and we sell magazines store to door, but you know we stay in hotels, different cities. Man, you can go out there, you know, hit different mics up and this and this. You know, I'm like, shit, I ain't doing nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> so I just dipped out, and you know, with this magazine crew, man, that was the worst decision of my life. That shit." Nigga, we used to get up at like seven o'clock in the morning uh, and work till about eleven o'clock at night. Nigga, mm. I ain't got no, I ain't got no chance to go do no goddamn stand up. And so, and so, I literally had like this big ass tote with all my stuff in it, and I had my yearbook with all my pictures and everything in that tote. One day we was in Portland. I literally, I went and I said, "Man, I'm ready to just go home, bro. I'm tired of this shit, bro." And they were, and uh, they was like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna ship your stuff out to you." I'm like, "All right, never see my stuff ever again." Because the niggas never ship shit, bro. So the little stuff I had left from high school, pictures, anything, all that stuff was in there. I never seen it again. What made you take your yearbook on the trip? Like, did you just no, take like your whole every, life with you? No, I took everything that I had. Uh, so all, everything that I had, I took with me. And so when I left. I just had a I just had a book bag with some stuff in it, and that was it. Damn, them niggas cold for that, bro. Mm. Damn, seven to eleven. God damn, nigga, what the fuck was the magazine? Nigga, this is the regular ass magazines like Ebony, uh, Enterprise, Autumn, Art, Vogue, all the regular magazines. The, and this was like at the end when magazines were starting to be. Not a they thing started to no phase more. out. Yeah, they getting ready to phase out. So it was it was hard as hell to even sell them goddamn thing. They, I remember like uh, this is like <laughs> this is my first year. I can't say first year of college. This is my only year of college, and yeah. there were some like recruit guys. First of all, here's what's fucked up about pyramid schemes, bro. There's always a nigga that you knew in school that was cool. But he wasn't uh -huh. like your friend. But you know, uh, you said, "What's up to the nigga?" Yeah, and that be the nigga to be like, "Hey man, you should come fuck with me, bro. Come make some money, nigga." You be like, "What? What I gotta do? I'm broke as fuck." And he's like, "Oh man, so what we doing is we selling Tahitian noni, right? We selling this. This juice cures everything. Cure cancer. It man, it be curing all like viruses." I'm like, man, how come I've never heard of this shit then? If it's curing all these fucking... And he's like, man, just come fuck with it, bro. We're going to do like a seminar. You can make thousands, bro. And I'm like, all right, bet, right? Me and my boy Jakari, we go. And this is how they get you. You get to uh, the... Uh, what do they call it? Like a banquet hall. And outside the parking lot, it'd be all these fancy-ass cars, right? Uh -huh. But here's why niggas don't think. You got to look at the license plate, nigga. These license plates be rentals. Niggas don't be having like that shit register because they're just rented yep. out cars. So we go in there and it's all dudes. It ain't no girls, which I should have suspected something right there. I'm like, what the fuck are the girls at? Anyway, they ain't persuading no girls to sell this juice. Uh -huh. So it's all like college kids age. And they're like, yeah, so what you got to do is everybody give us 300. We're going to give you a couple cases of Tahitian Noni. And then what you can do to make your money back is sell it 
but have people come sell it under you. Now, let me tell you something. If you're the nigga selling a room full of college kids, Tahitian Noni juice for $300 a pop, you're about to be paid. You understand? But if you the nigga that got to give the 300, you dumb as fuck. You understand? Right. So they always get you with that recruiting shit, bro. As soon as you said that magazine, that's the first thing I thought about. <laughs> oh man. Hey, it was um uh it's crazy because I was just uh uh yesterday out with one of my friends and uh her father. We went out to uh, Malibu Beach mm. and we went to uh one of the restaurants out there just eating and uh her dad's from chicago street you know he was a street cat and everything and i was just sitting there just talking about my crazy stories because he looking at me like i'm just like some type of good dude this and i'm a good dude but i didn't have my you know saying i didn't live my my crazy life yeah yeah i lived my crazy life before and i was telling him remember the time when uh we were downtown it was you me downtown tony brown and blackberry Uh uh-huh I had just bought this this uh, little cheap car. It was like mm. a five hundred dollar car. Mm. It was like gray or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like two in the morning. We was we was we was downtown, and you was like, "Hey man, can you give me a ride to the crib?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Man, I don't know," because I know I got fake tags on this bitch. <laughs> and and like I tried to explain to him, I said, "You know, when you driving in Detroit, it don't matter. You don't matter." But I said, "If you go anywhere across the borders, anywhere." anywhere and i said everybody else in the car was good except you i said because you lived in redford and so i was so i said all right you know what i'll go ahead and take you home yeah everybody get in the car we start driving down davidson passing highland park downtown in the car like hey man i'm right here i'm like man i'm gonna get you on the way back bro yeah go ahead drop him off and get you on the way back yeah all i remember is is that we pull up the telegraph Mm-hmm. Soon as we turned right, light tech came on. Woo! Made that they made us make that U, and we had to go into that McDonald's parking lot. Do mm. you even remember this situation? No, and that's what's fucked up. But it sounds it was, so fucking real. And I, at this time, my license was suspended. I had fake tags on the car. Damn. This, and I was so goddamn scared, I couldn't mm. even spell my own goddamn name to the police officer. Damn. Blackberry had to convince the dude he talked to talked us out out the situation and mm. they ended up letting us go. Mm. That's I, good. I'm surprised you don't remember that. You know what's funny? First, let me just start by saying thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking me home. That's the, let me start there. Uh, thank you. I'm sorry for even putting you in that position because I always lived the furthest from everybody. Like, y'all lived on the east. I'm you know, on the West. Uh-huh. And so I'm sorry. Thank you. And I will say <laughs> the reason I don't remember that I had this conversation with, um, with a cat about a month ago at a comedy club. He gave me this vivid story, uh, Chinadu, Chinadu Yunaka. Yeah. He's like, yeah, uh-huh. man, uh, I was at the improv and you remember this night and he gave all these details and he's like, and then I got off stage and then you talked to me and you gave me some, like some, uh, some great advice. And I was just like, and, and then what did I say? <laughs> you know <laughs> And he was like, I can't believe you don't remember this. And I was like, you know why I don't remember this, bro? Because I'm not the star of that story, right? Uh Like, that's a him story. Like, even with the car for you, like, that's a you story. But but only reason I say, I get you was actually saying. But the the, the main point of the story was you. (laughs) That's crazy. Man, I, I wish that. And I say this to everybody. I wish that um, like every time somebody comes up to me and they're like, um, I'm like, hey, how you doing? I introduce myself. And they're like, oh, I remember you. We met uh, years ago or something. And I'm like, please tell me I was really nice. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, cool. Because I don't know why, but I have a selective memory. My mom's been yeah. telling me this since I was a kid. So uh-huh. I don't remember a lot of things. So it's like when people tell me like something that I've been a part of, I'm like, keep going. Like, tell me the mm-hmm. details. Because based on the story and the details, I can tell you if it's true or not, right? Like mm-hmm. what you just said, I'm like, that 100% sounds like that happened because I lived <laughs> far as fuck. I didn't have a car. All y'all had cars before me. And I was always getting people to take me to the crib because we performed uh-huh. so far. But if somebody was like, yeah, 
So we was all smoking weed. I'm like, no, nigga, I, that wasn't me. I wasn't smoking weed with you. I might have been around when the weed was being smoked, but I yeah. didn't smoke <laughs> shit. No, no, no. You remember because we was getting drunk. I, I've never drank. Nigga, so that, that's not me. But I don't be remembering anything. So it's like, I love hearing stories that I'm a part of because I'd be like, wow, that's a dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let me tell you, we, it's stories for days. And and I know it's stuff that you don't, you don't remember you know, we, we can go story stories for days. Yeah. But it's 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 one thing that I really wanted I wanted to get into you with though. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because I meant to ask you this when we first started. Just uh just overall, like how's your energy right now? Just in life. Oh man, my energy, uh, if I can give it a name, it's gratitude. I'm so full of gratitude. And just thankfulness, man, because um, what God is allowing me to experience and to see and feel are um, are things that I never knew it would feel like this. Like I knew to a certain extent what I would accomplish, but I did not expect the feeling. Like we always plan. You'll be like, like for you, you'll be like, all right, cool. So. I'm about to get these brand new J's. They're going to be fire. I'm going to rock them at the club. Everybody going to be like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, everything that I, almost everything that I've painted that I wanted, I never said how I felt when I would achieve that, right? right. So this is just such a, I'm, my energy is full on gratitude. It's, uh, it's unbelievable to answer yeah. in a long way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because, um, you know, you're not at a level where you're, you know, a household name yet, mm. you know, as in, you know, at, at the level of a, you know, of a, of a huge name, like a Jamie Foxx or, right, 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 right. you know, you get what I mean, you know, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. like a Jamie, a Kevin or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or Lawrence, you're not that. Mm-hmm. But you at the level of where you have the respect of your peers. Yeah. Which which one? is more is it for you you know mm-hmm. saying so you 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 do you appreciate more the respect or the acknowledgement of the people um the acknowledgement of the people and i'm gonna tell you why uh first the grass is always greener on the other side right and <laughs> and to go to go into that when we were brand new in comedy in detroit brandon t jackson was on already Brandon T. Jackson was in Tropic Thunder. He had done Roll Bounce. He had done um, some other movie and he had stuff coming out. He had a TV show on Nickelodeon. He was on tour with the teens account. Like he had everything that we wanted because we were mm-hmm. all, I think we're, I think we're a year or two younger than him, but it was like, we were all, you know, in that same class, but we just didn't run into him when he was in Detroit. We just saw right. him after he was famous. And I remembered, and shout out to Brandon C. Jackson. I remember seeing him perform night in and night out when I got to LA and him wanting the respect of his peers. He wanted the acknowledgement of people that are great at what we do, telling him that he was good, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I've had that shit since maybe year two of comedy from Detroit and to this day. And I got to be honest with you, man, the relationships are great to have with people. And I don't, um, I don't take any of that for granted because I'll get to the perks in a second of those types of relationships. But realistically, the people are the ones who buy tickets to see you. The people Mm -hmm. are the ones who uh, go see your movie or watch a TV show or repost your videos or, like you and comment and all of that stuff um your peers might be like oh that's that's funny man but that's it they're not buying no tickets to your show so the respect of my peers is great to a certain extent but it doesn't add any zeros in my bank account unless those same peers are booking me for their television shows and films that they create which happens but it's very far and few in between you know mm-hmm. you look at uh you look at kevin hart he's done a million movies but out of those movies how many of those movies can you say i've seen all of his best friends in them 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Adam Sandler, completely different story. Adam Sandler, hey, all everybody I know, y'all gonna be in everything, you know? So mm-hmm. I, at this point, feeling the grass on my side, would much rather have the respect of my my uh, the people that are going to buy the tickets because okay. ultimately you're going to get to a level where you're not even going to see your peers anymore. <laughs> you're just <laughs> going to see the people that are paying to see you live or buying tickets to your movies. So worrying about what the people who do what you do think isn't as profitable. Mm-hmm. So, and I'll, I'll give you the perks. The perks of having the respect of my peers uh, is that I always have somebody to defend me when, you know, in the comedy community, if it's like, hey, this joke is, they'll be like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. he don't steal, nigga. He, mm-hmm. that's it, you know what I mean? So that stuff comes in handy. Also, you get vouched for in different communities. Like, I could go yeah. anywhere in the world and perform stand-up if I just make a call to somebody who is in that city that I don't know. I'm like, hey, man, I'm in... Puerto Rico, uh, where can I perform? And they'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. hit such and such, tell them I said what up, that kind of thing. Um, so that's very helpful. But, oh, another perk is, um, yeah, you get to replace people on shows. So like, um, hey, man, I can't do this show. I'm sending you there, right? Yeah. So that's good. But where I am now, I just need the people. You know, the people that are going to catapult me into a Marvel movie because of my popularity mm-hmm. compared to my peer being like, hey, I, I want to do the same movie. So hey, you my boy, but I'm, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So, but um, like when I came, when I got to L.A., um, just in the just in the business alone, it was a different experience. It was like a different, you know mentality that I had to come with, you know, mm-hmm. being here. And the biggest hurdle for me was I, I know people and I'm cool with people. You know, this is in the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in the beginning. Cool with people, but I didn't understand um the relationship part oh. uh, of it. You know, saying like I can come around, people would know my name, what up be, how you doing? Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm like, dang, nobody called me to do nothing, you know, hit me up this mm. and this. But it was like I never estab- I never established real relationships with people. And it, oh. and and I and I and I find this with new people when I because there's new people here moving every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. And when it, and when you meet new people and y'all and we have group conversations, uh people get professional relationships mixed in with friendship relationships. Right, you don't right, have, right. you don't have to be, you know, I'll be telling them, you don't have to be the, uh, have to go to the movies and, you know, and go out to eat all the time. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. But it's as in building a relationship as in, you know, when you meet somebody, one of the things that you always do, Hey, I'm Brandon Jordan. Yep. Oh, you Chris Johnson. Okay. Yep. Nice to meet you. You know, is acknowledging people, you know, saying, remembering names, you know, saying, um, not just always just come around, just trying to beg for stage time. Woo! The first time you meet them, you know, saying just little things like that. And that's the type of things that I had to, I learned as I get here. And now that I've been here for a while, when I see newer cats and it's just be conversation, I tell them stuff like that. Yeah. It's man. You know what it is, man. I've always been that person to be the opposite of what the people I see around me do, not mm-hmm. in a negative sense, but in Detroit, as you know, to this day, everybody feels that they're more famous than you. It doesn't even matter if you are Oprah, they'd be like, Shh. and you know what I'm saying? You Oprah, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? But in actuality, People don't approach people because we always feel we're too cool for school. I'm not about to go and I ain't, but I don't want him to think I'm on his dick. I don't want her to think I'm jocking her. That's how people's mentality is. When I got to LA specifically, um, it was funny to even go back before that. 2006 is when I went down to Jamie Foxx's Laugh Palooza comedy competition down in Atlanta. Uh huh. I, I remember that. So many of the people that I know to this day, but that trip 
single-handedly started my comedy career as a professional comedian. And what I mean is when we started, you know, we started in 05 and we were just performing around Detroit and we knew the Detroit comedians and we knew the neighboring areas of Detroit, but we had never been anywhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, thank God for Blackberry taking us to Bart's because I never would have <laughs> even done a white room if it wasn't right. for him. I'd have just stayed in the hood because I didn't know anything else. So when we went to uh, the Who's you, Got you, Jokes showcase, you, go ahead. No, I was about to say uh, b- before you that, but do you yeah. remember the first time we did Mark Rillies? Oh, yeah. You remember I stole that a Martin Lawrence joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was bombing so bad. Like, I stole... I didn't even, here's the funny thing. I went on stage. I had never performed in front of white people. And I was giving them the same jokes that I had done in the hood. And uh-huh. it's not so much as I didn't need to put on a white voice, but they just couldn't understand the references. Right. That's before I understood how to speak universally. So uh-huh. the first thing that came in my head was this Martin Lawrence joke from when I was a kid. I just started <laughs> saying it and I committed. I was like, fuck it. I'm doing this Martin joke, nigga. And <laughs> I committed to that bitch, but well, yeah. The, the thing that stands out to me about that moment was it was an open mic. Yeah, and, I was new. And we was new. You came, when you pulled up to my house, you had mm-hmm. on your good church outfit. Oh, yeah. And I had on, I was like, shit, I got to put on some dress outfit too. You know what I mean? We get up there and there's a bunch of white boys in dirty t-shirts. Dirty t-shirts. He's looking at us like, hold on, is this a real show tonight or something? We thought this was like the Tonight Show bookers or some shit. Yep. Like this, you ain't getting shit out of this place. Yep. And we didn't know that. And but the 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 experience of leaving Detroit to go do something that could have been recognized that was recognized on a national scale, actually international, because there were a couple comedians from across the pond that. Uh-huh that opened my eyes to the business because in Detroit, we were the youngest comedians there. This mm-hmm. is before Josh started. This is like, yep. we're the only kids in comedy. Mm-hmm. And when I went down to Atlanta, th- it was all people my age. And I was like, this just blew my mind. There are cats from all over the world. I mean, you know, and they're our age. There's more comedy in the world than just Detroit. And it yep. opened my eyes to the things that I was stressed out about in Detroit. And I furthered that by, extending my hand to everybody. I saw people being standoffish with people. And, you know, if they didn't know you, they didn't say anything. I went up to every single person. I was like, hey, how you doing? Clayton Thomas, pleasure to meet you. Hey, what city are you from? You know, getting to know them. Hey, give me your number. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to come to your city. Or if you come to my city, let me know. And developing those relationships, because at first, I know how people are about stages. People are like, oh, they're going to ask me for some stage time. I'm not going to ask you for some stage time. I'm going to ask you, how your mama doing? I'm going to ask you, uh, how are your children? I'm going to ask you, how long you've been doing stand-up? I want to know about you because the relationship is going to go much further than any joke that you create. And I have been in this, and this is how I actually got the respect of my peers, by developing these relationships and being more than just another comedian to a comedian. And actually giving a fuck about life. And then, like, you know, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, going out to eat or going to some get together, like those things. Comedy is so depressing as a comedian who has not made any headway that you talk to people that are going through similar journeys as you. Mm-hmm. And you guys, without even realizing it, are keeping each other's head above water. And Mm -hmm. that kind of bond is a trauma bond. And that trauma bond lasts for a lifetime. So when we start to see each other succeed, it's like, yo, I'm happy for you. Because I remember when we was splitting a fucking Coney burger. Or I remember when we had no money to eat. Or we're just trying to get some type of opportunity. And those types of things are far more important than just a comedy club. And when, as you said, when I meet a new comedian... The first thing I do, not even a new comedian, but new to the city, I'm like, Mm -hmm. yo, come around me and my friends or let me invite you to this so you can know that you have at least a support system, somebody to say, hey, how does it work here? You know, and um, a lot of comedians don't get that. They're always more so I need an opportunity. That person's on a TV show. I want to be on a TV show. How can I get on your TV show? You're like, oh, man, you just played yourself. 
Yeah, and I think what what hurts what what happens um or more is about is social media, mm. you know, because one thing I've been trying to do a lot more is not wake up and look at my phone right away. Okay. I've been trying my, you know, been trying. It's hard because the first thing I want to do is check my emails and yeah. um uh check my my DMs and see what's going mm-hmm. on. But I've been just trying just to wake up, give myself some, some time to breathe, my like myself some time to breathe before I dive into that. Because yeah. if you mentally feeling some type of way down on yourself, mm-hmm. you wake up and first thing you look at is Oh, such and such. I'm headlining this weekend. He was like, nigga, I ain't been, nigga, I ain't been booked in six months. You know what I'm saying? This, yeah. And and you automatically turn nigga like, man, this is nah, funny motherfucker, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I think that's what helped that that's what hurts too, is a lot of people is that they die so much into social media and looking at other people's things mm-hmm. that, that they're doing, mm-hmm. and it blocks them from mentally focusing on what they need to do. It's the ghost of comparison, man. It's it's not even it's the unhealthiest thing that you can do. And if that works for you, not looking at your phone, I give you that. I'll give you another. Uh-huh. I will meet you with not opening your phone and raise you opening your phone and sending out love to the people, right? Oh, yeah. because not to say that you don't, but I'm yeah. saying whenever we see that i don't give a fuck if somebody got twenty dollars in their pocket they see they open their phone and see a nigga commercial be posted and you'd be like damn that nigga making money hey man you're doing your thing why and mm-hmm. just keep scrolling because what that'll start to do is it'll get you out of the mindset of comparison it'll get any type of jealousy or ill will out of your heart and it will create the energy that you need to attract to yourself as far as my time is coming because i look at shit like at this point now, I look at it like, all right, this friend, that friend, this friend, that friend, this friend, that friend are on TV and movies. These are my friends. I'm one step away. This is clear. My turn just hasn't come yet because mm-hmm. there's no way I'm in this talent pool and haven't gotten, you know, this look and it's not coming. It's coming. I just don't know when that number going to be called. And when that number yep. get called, I need that same love and support that I've been giving out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man, I, it's, it's, um, it's so, I guess it's so like funny to me when, um, when I look at, uh, social media in a, in a vacuum of how much I just love seeing, you know, my, the, my fellow brothers and sisters in comedy yeah. do stuff, man. man. Especially, and, and it's so crazy. It's like, People, because like I said, because since they're not big household names, if you're outside of LA, people just don't know. Mm-hmm. But man, these women, black women, bro, mm-hmm. is killing it, bro. Oh, killing it. And I got, and it and literally, it's been some times where I'm like, God damn, I gotta get my, I gotta, I gotta do more than what I'm doing because they kill it. They killing it. And, and I look at it if they not. The women be so fire. I'll be looking at it like, yo, let me tell you something. She's hilarious. I love giving props to every man and woman until that motherfucker be cocky or like uh, like ungrateful about like, you know, you'd be like, hey, congratulations on what? And you'd be like, you you just did the Tonight Show. <sighs> that bullshit. And you're like, got it. I'm not saying shit else to you. You ungrateful. You don't know what the fuck niggas going through. And you saying whatever. Fuck out of here. So, yeah. Yeah, is yeah, bad, and I'm just so I'm just so excited, man, just to see the the youth, the youth of um of of people of younger people coming in and making the mark in the business. Yeah, and well, also too, with so you know the you know we talked about a little bit of negative social media. Some mm-hmm. of the positives with the mm-hmm. social media and the streaming is giving more options and opportunities for people to be creators on here because. Uh, shout out to the I'm gonna tell you this first shout out to Kev on stage mm. you know what I'm saying I'm a, listen to this if I can subscribe to Netflix I'm subscribed I got a subscription to Kev on stage gotta do it and also another app the all black um, channel all black I listen I got that app too and them two apps just alone is so much content on there so much you know uh that um 
it's no reason for people to be talking about man. I can't find no no black content. Is is right there? Too in your much face, black man. content. That's like it. I can find it's it right everywhere. there in your face. Dog. Yeah, it's right there, man. So um, then you I I, I, heard, I thought I heard you say this before, but I'm I'm not but I'm not one percent sure. Mm-hmm. Did you say that you at one time fell out of love with stand up? Oh yeah, absolutely. I um. It's actually funny where it happened too. I had fallen out of love with stand up. I was uh this was the okay, so I did three legs of a tour with my childhood icon hero Martin mm-hmm. Lawrence. And on the second leg, I had fallen out of love with it because of things that were going on in my life personally. So mm-hmm. Mind you, from a stand-up point, I had reached the pinnacle of my career at that point mm-hmm. of I'm on tour with the man who made me want to be a comedian. Uh-huh. This should be the happiest moment of your life. And there was this moment where I was just like, <sighs> right? Because it was this feeling of, there was a feeling of, does it get better than this? There was the next feeling of I'm here, but I'm they're not here for me, right? So I, I got the, yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. You know, it's the it's like I'm grateful, I'm honored, I'm humbled, but there's this part of self-doubt that you're like, damn, but they're not this entire arena isn't here just for my name. And you're like, I got to work harder. And then aside from that, then you go to the stand-up side of where you're just doing small clubs and you're like, these people aren't here just for me. And this is before I hit any crazy numbers on social media too. Like this is mm-hmm. on Facebook at the time of the second leg of the tour, I might've had maybe a hundred thousand followers on Facebook. Right. Okay. 200,000 maybe on Instagram, but 100,000 on Facebook. And I thought, you know, it was bigger than what it was. And I was just like, damn, like, what can I do to make my name bigger, to get a bigger audience? And everybody's famous to somebody, whoever your core fan base is, you're you're the GOAT to them, which is what everybody aspires to. It's like, but also to give a detour, if you have a fan base, don't get so comfortable within your fan base that you stop performing outside of your fan base because if you stop performing in front of people that that uh if you only perform in front of people that love you and you don't perform in front of these strangers you're going to get weaker as a performer and the truth is going to come out when you eventually have to perform outside of your fan base but anyway um and i was like man how can i just how can i fall back in love with stand-up because the main component that was missing for me in stand-up at that time was me being around my friends so I wasn't around the friends of mine that we would go to Denny's after comedy shows or we would just hang out because it was a Thursday and we didn't have anything to do. Or we would go to the comedy club that night and shut it down and talk about comedy after the show was over. That wasn't my life anymore. It was purely me going to my TV show, mm-hmm. family time, and then going on tour, you know, mm-hmm. with Martin and um, creating some sketches with a completely new um group of friends that were creatives that created this online content. And that was great, but it was like, everybody was starting to break off from there as well. So I had this, these abandonment issues of feeling left behind, but also survivor's remorse because I'm detached from the core people of stand-up comedy in which this is my identity. And now I'm beginning to be detached from this found family of creatives in the online world because we're all creating our own squads and figuring out ourselves. And I'm also away from friends and family because I'm on the road. So I began to fall out of love with stand-up. And the thing that made me fall back in love with it was Shantae Wayans, man. Shantae Wayans. uh, And and I want to say like, uh, like 10 months ago at this point, 10 months ago, we, uh, we, cause I've known Shantae for, 15 16 years mm-hmm. and i was i was at a show kicking with doughboy and i saw shantae and then we kicked it for a second and then just like her excitement when i was like giving tags for her jokes and then she started giving tags for mine 
And it reminded me of how it used to be for me in stand-up. And then we just start bouncing notes off of each other. And I start going to the comedy clubs again and hanging out afterwards and getting that feeling back. And I mm-hmm. still had some Martin dates. This is the third leg of the tour. And it was like, oh, this is great. And I still had some dates of my own, like, you know, me headlining because my right. fan base had grown. And it was like, oh, this is what I was missing. So over the last 10 months, I've been able to harness that feeling into a bottle and take it with me everywhere I go. Now I find different things of stand-up that I fall back in love with. It's always been a joy to make people laugh, but the things around it didn't give me the joy anymore to give that joy back to the people. So now it's almost like a, um, I won't say never ending source, but it's a refillable source that I have. And I have Shantae to thank for just reminding me who I am, like at the end of the Lion King, like remind, remember who you are. And mm-hmm. that shit reigns in my head every day. So I'm back in love with it. And uh, I will continue to court stand-up comedy as long as she'll have me. Shout out to Shantae, man. Yeah. I, I didn't know Shantae, not as long as you, mm-hmm. but I, I've known Shantae since 2013. Nice. 2013. And what's a hey, great? Do you uh do you remember um do you know um uh, Marlon uh out of, uh Ballard out of um Atlanta? Marlon Ballard, Marlon yeah, Ballard. He's brown skin comedian with glasses. He's real tight with Shantae. No, but you know what? She told me about him uh, the other week. He's a newer comedian, like not new, new. Not but, new. Uh, he's not. He's been doing it for a while. Yeah, but, but not yeah. like a. He's yeah. not as long as us, but he he's used, been actually, in the game. He used to open, he he was opening up for uh Brandon T all the time. Yeah, and she was like, he's funny in Atlanta. I think she told me when he was starting to do comedy, she was mm-hmm. like, Yeah, you know, he would come to my shows and then he started doing comedy and he's super funny. I'm like, that's dope. Like, that's a great full circle moment. So I've never met him, but I've heard okay. of him. So when I moved out to Atlanta and I was down there for a little bit, me and him became good, came became friends. Nice. And one night we were at the punchline down mm-hmm. there and he was like, Hey, I want to introduce you to my friend, uh, Shantae, um, whatever. And he introduced me to her everything. And then and later that night he was like, you know, uh, she's a uh, part of the Wayans family. Hey, she ain't no goddamn Wayans. That was my reaction. I said, nigga, she's struggling to get on stage. And, uh, just like we is, uh-huh. nah, she ain't no damn Wayans. And, after that, I started talking to her and we, uh, you know, start seeing her more and everything. And I really found out, nigga, she really is a goddamn Wayans. Yeah, man. And the funny, she's not, keep going. Go ahead. No, and then just to, to, to sum it up, it was basically like, I guess not knowing that family and not understanding how they do things. Yeah. My mindset and coming from where I come from, because I don't have them privileges, is basically like, why are you struggling? Like, why can't you just get into a movie then? You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it don't work like that with them. Here's the thing. So yeah. the reason I have so much respect for her and Damon Jr. are because oh, like man. when Damon, Damon Jr., dude, bro. when he started, I think his name was, uh, he went on stage as Kyle something. And Shantae, <laughs> listen, man, they both came on stages and their first thing was, I'm not relying on my family name. I want my own relationships. I want my own steam. I want to earn my spot, right? So the beautiful thing about Shantae is every time she goes anywhere, she has worked for that. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah, and the I first know. thing that happened uh-huh. in interviews, they'd be like, so tell us about your family. And she's like, well, I'll tell you about me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because... <laughs> She's Shantae, and then she's a Wayans. So yeah. I respect that more than, like, when I got to L.A., there was this guy who was um, pretending to be uh, related to a very, he was pretending to be related to the king of comedy, in my opinion. And <laughs> and he would go everywhere and be like, yeah, my name is such and such, such and such. And people were like, <gasps> what and he's like yeah and he would get on stage and he would bomb because he was going off of the name, the name. 
it, which wasn't even his. And, you know, so I've always respected the comedians that you might have this famous last name, but you truly want to be better and gain your own fame than relying on the successes of the, the previous, you know, members that you're related to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it was, uh, yeah, that was always funny, man. But I, mean, I love Shantae, man. She is one of the, the dopest uh, comedians I have man. met in, in, in this game, man. So funny. So cool too. Hey, who, and not and, and not to this is not to 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 shit on them. I'm not even asking you this just to, mm-hmm. to, to shit on them, but which which comedian to this day that mm-hmm. you ever ran into that was not what you thought they was gonna be? Uh Paul not, Mooney. Not Paul Mooney? Yeah, God rest his soul. You know, have, this is nothing about uh this man's legacy or um talking ill of the dead but when i met this man i have never been a guy that is a hey man can we get a picture like i'm not i'm gonna yeah, if the vibe I, yeah. is right hey uh-huh. if we vibe in hey brother would it be okay if right yeah. but with him all i was at the laugh factory is the chocolate sunday i was hosting first impressions and i get there early because first impressions is the beginning mm-hmm. of the show and i see him in the audience um but like so there was a show before first impression so i guess they did like a private event he was there uh this was getting this is like 2011 2009 or 2011 it was one of those and i saw him and i just wanted to say hey brother you know how are you right it's a pleasure give this brother his respect and i was like hey brother how are you and he was like he was giving me the like what and i was like Hey, brother, how are you? You know, uh, much love and respect. Uh, I'm CT Clayton Thomas. I extended my hand and this nigga was like. And I was like, you bitch ass nigga. And then I just I just walked off because one thing you're not going to do popular, famous or not is disrespect me as a man, Uh especially when my intentions are to show you love. So uh, that's someone who I met that that caught me off guard because all I had ever heard were great things about this man. You would think I would have given him a pass. I, you know, I know his sons, they're incredibly dope and super humble and funny. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's, that's crazy. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's, that's a guy. The one, the one for me and was Bill Bellamy. No way. Yeah. And you know how it was about Bill when I first started. Wow, what happened, man? So we was in Dallas, mm-hmm. and he was headlining the improv. Mm-hmm. And so I was hosting at a different comedy club. So I was literally going to miss him the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. But luckily, the show, the last show on Saturday night, they, the times were very off enough to where I can be able to leave my show yep. and still make it to get to, to his show. That's good. So ran over there, man. I was like, man, I get to finally meet Bill, you know, for yeah. the first time. <laughs> ran, ran over there. Show he, you know, got off stage, whatever. He, you know, coming out this and this. Uh called him outside. I was I called him in the in the um, you know, the bar area. I said, Hey, what up, Bill? I said, Hey man, I'm Brandon Jordan, comedian, man. I'm a big fan, bro. I was like, man, you one of the reasons why, you know, I got into stand-up, man. And he said, Are you a comedian? Cool. What's up, y'all? I'm like, damn. And <sighs> didn't didn't get didn't pay me no more attention the rest of that night. Damn. I was like, damn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> and I only do this, I only do this because when I, you know, when I had told people about Paul Mooney, I was hoping that they would do what I'm about to do with you. Uh-huh. I gotta defend Bill only because. Bill Bellamy, I'll give you my first uh, interaction with Bill Bellamy, and then I'll give you, actually, the first interaction was, nope, okay, I'll give you my first interaction, and I'll give you um, this next story. So the first interaction with Bill Bellamy was um, 2008 at the Hollywood Improv. They're doing auditions for Last Comic Standing. 
Mm-hmm. And my manager at the time was friends with Bill. And he was like, yo, Bill's going to get you an appointment time to let you just come in and audition. I was like, great. Because during that time, they weren't taking walk-ins like they advertised mm-hmm. on TV. They were taking, right. you know, only if you got an appointment yeah. or agents. And this was the year he was hosting. So it might have been 08. It was whatever year it was, but he was um, hosting. <clears throat> Bill comes into the Hollywood Improv from the showroom into the lobby area. And my manager's there. He shook my manager's hand. And then I stand up to introduce myself. And he's like, what's up, nigga? And then he gives me this dab and he gives me a hug. He's like, man, I'm glad you could be here, man. And I was like, hey, hey, thank you. Right. <laughs> and he's like, man, have fun in there, boy. And then he walks off. And I look at my manager and I was like, that, that's Bill Bellamy. He was like, that's Bill, man. He Bill Bellamy gives you, he gives, I've never seen him give anybody anything less than, hey, you're my friend energy because mm-hmm. he's such a nice guy. I'll give you this story. It's a double on to why I'm going yeah. hard for Bill. So Bill, um, Bill had been at, um, Bill had been like on the road. This is when he had taken out delay and Jay Reed and he hits me up randomly one night. This I'm talking about. I hadn't talked to him in years. You understand mm-hmm. me? He says, Hey, yo, man, I'm doing a show at the Improv, man. I want you to come through and host. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll be there, right? I get there. I host. He pays me. He's like, hey, man, we about to go do this other show. You want to roll? I was like, yeah, you're Bill Bellamy. The fuck? Yeah. I don't want to say no, even if I got plans. So we go to the other show. On that show, I bombed. I'm not going to lie. The second show, I bombed. I took that L. I don't, I don't even know how it happened. But um after that i had worked on a television show when he had hosted a game show called let's ask america i was one of the writers on it shout out to my guy uh owen smith and my boy craig uh craig brooks so craig uh bill is the nicest guy on the planet i gotta say the time that you met him there had to be something going on in his personal life or he just got like immediately distracted right. by the people that he just acknowledged. But I yeah. promise you, nicest guy on the planet. No, I, and, and I'd let you go ahead and take, but I had I had to, I was going to come back with something else with it, though. Give it to me, give it to me. So after I moved to L.A., yeah, um, I ran to him. I didn't ran to him a couple of times since this day, uh-huh. but I ran to him at the Ha Ha. Okay. And ran into him. It was him. Uh, Dwayne Martin was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other cats was there. Walked up to him. Hey, what's up, man? I said, hey, I'm letting you know uh, when I met you the first time, such and such happened. Mm-hmm. He just started laughing. He was like, hey, man, hey, I'm sorry about that. But he was like, I don't know what was on my mind, but come here, my brother. And it's been, you know, it was cool ever since. You see what I'm saying? Like, Bill is a nice guy. And this this is a nigga from Jersey. Nigga. So it's like <laughs> for him to be open arms is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was yeah, that was the guy, man. That's cool, man. So, uh, so what you got coming up, man? So, what's coming up for me right now? I was literally about to say it into the microphone. Uh, <laughs> there's a very big announcement that I will be making soon. Um, that's that, and everything outside of that, my brother. <laughs> at CT is dope on everything. If you're watching this, subscribe to the Patreon. We have a great time in there. And, um, you know, if you happen to see me online, repost a video for your boy or, uh, you know, share it in your stories. Leave a comment or a like. I appreciate all the love. And thanks for having me on the show, man. This is an honor. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, you know, downtown Detroit just opened up a new comedy club. Who is running it? Is it the same people that were doing the uh, the birds it, joint? It's no. It's this uh, whoever oh, it's, a, it's part of a franchise. Okay. Uh, club, so it's, I think it's called the House of Comedy. Uh-huh. So uh, I think it's the uh, the same people that own the house, like the House of Comedy in uh, Arizona and in okay. Canada, and then I think also in like uh, the New England area. Oh. So it's all it's all grouped in, but uh, I can send you what I have, and then you know you can go from there. You know, saying to uh, you know to find to to get in. You know, saying to to do what you got to do. I appreciate it that uh I, I have my agent reach out. Is that now do, do, tell me this? 
Have you performed there? And is it on the west side or the east side? I haven't performed there. They just opened up within the last, I think, month or two. Okay. It just opened. And it's downtown, across the street. It's across the street from Tiger Stadium. You know, it's right across from the Fox. You know where, uh, remember uh, the Red Wings Cafe? Yes. Right next door. Here's the funny thing. It's like, why? Why? Because the only comedy club on the west side is the Punchline. Yeah, but it's like, you mm-hmm. know, we need something on the West. Everything is downtown. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it. I guess people will come down. I used to catch the bus down there so much. <laughs> I know downtown better than any other part of and not even streets. I just know uh-huh. like I could walk downtown right now with my eyes closed and know exactly where to go without hitting a pole. Yeah. But if you said, hey, where is such and such? I'm like, ah, nigga, I can't give you the street names. Like, I, don't, I was a shelter kid. Like, I don't hey, give you this. We, we rolled the fuck out of that bus. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a, And here's the funny thing. The crazy thing, I used to love going to Mandy's with y'all and going to like 486 Lounge and um, Visions, like all these east side spots until it was time to go home because y'all were right there. Like y'all were east side niggas. So y'all mm-hmm. could just go a couple of blocks and you home. I had to take a bus for 40 minutes plus to get to my side of town. And I'd be like, damn it. And then if you bomb, it's an even <laughs> longer ride because you got time to think, damn, I was not funny. That show, that woman was fucking my show up or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is. But yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm honored, dude. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Oh, one, one more story before we get, before, before we get up out of here. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the time that we almost died? Oh, I remember that vividly. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. Another time when y'all niggas were taking me home. <laughs> oh, my God. You were in the back seat. Uh, Black was driving. We was in that big black van. We, oh, my God, that van. Yeah. And I was so mad at Barry previously because the week before, he was like, yeah, man, we're going down to Coco's. And I'm like, bet. What time is the show? He's like, yo, it's two shows. No, it was three shows. They was doing like an eight, a 10, and a 12. And I was like, bet. I can't wait to go down there. I want to meet. I think this might have been a John Witherspoon weekend or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't wait to meet this dude. And because I was so west and I had never caught the bus downtown at that point, he said he was going to pick me up. And I was like, great. And then this nigga did not pick me up. And I was like, <laughs> motherfucker bro because it was like 8 30 and i'm like i'm missing the first show so i went to go catch the bus to get downtown and um this particular night he was like yo man that's my bad i got you though bro and we get in that van to take me back home we get on the uh i think it was 75 75 and and go for eight miles what you were in the back seat without a seat belt on We you flew, dog, and we literally almost went over the freeway. Like, <laughs> damn, that was yeah. a cold. We're all meant to be here, bro, because that was a real accident. We could have been hurt. Glory mm-hmm. to God. And we walked away with, with no no injuries. None. <laughs> no. That's literally no. We meant to be. Whole here. car flipped over and flipped. no injuries. No injuries, bro. Uh, yeah, man. All right, man. Um. Oh, y'all already know it's Brandon Jordan comedy. And then remember July 8th through the 9th, San Diego Madhouse Comedy Club. So, uh, you know, remember to come out, support that. But, uh, man, like I said, man, I'm glad to have you on. And, um, man, you just don't understand. You got one of your biggest fans right here. Always carry you on from the distance. Because if you, you know what I'm saying, because at the end of the day, if you make it, you know what I'm saying? A little piece of me make it too. That's real, man. Vice versa, dude. This is uh, you know, we didn't we didn't been we didn't been through a lot. Yeah, man. And before I get out, before we uh hang this up, we still trying to get them uh them tapes from that uh River Rule show that we did. <laughs> <laughs> that we did uh when we first started. Still can't get them tapes. Ain't can we get never our, see them tapes. Can we get our tapes, please? Man, they're not going to get Here's the funny thing. Here's what I've learned, bro. I'm going to say this and I'll let you end the show. When you do a show and they're recording you and you're not recording yourself, 
you got about three or four days to get them to give you the tape before they be like, nigga, I don't know where the tape is. We lost it. Yeah. And what's so funny is to this day, that's one of those, that's one, that was one of the coldest sets I ever did. <laughs> and those never the got coldest. To, and never got to see it. Ever never got day. to see it. <laughs> Damn, that be happening, bro. Yeah, man. Damn. All right, good brother. Always a pleasure, man. All right, that's another episode, y'all. Peace out. Hey, baby.